Time for the September 23rd, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting on National Dogs in Politics Day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI-FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And as always... American stand-up comedian, screenwriter, actor, and filmmaker, Mahler, the fake news dog. Yes, yes, yes. Nathan, you want to talk about your Renaissance dog. Yeah, right there. Right there. Yeah, Yeah, he's just a multi-talented pitch. Amazing. Today... Here on Weekly Signals Weekly Review, we'll be talking about a magnetic liquid robot, space junk, volcanic mass extinctions, giant African land snails, human composting, and then some. But first, I've been noticing a lot of mosquitoes around these days. In fact, I went for a walk last night, Mm -hmm. and a neighbor came up to me and said, You've been getting a lot of mosquitoes? That's what he said. Did he? Yeah. It's a good way to start a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it's something heck? common, you know, it's in the neighborhood. Yeah, there's mosquitoes. There's They're mosquitoes. in the air. Yeah. You've been getting some at that fancy beach resort that you live at? <laughs> Gotten a few more than uh, than normal, but not a lot. I wouldn't say there have been a yeah. lot. Do of they bother mosquitoes. you? Yeah, I got bit a couple of weeks ago. I found yeah. a little, couple of uh, mosquito bites, but yeah. it hasn't been anything like it sounds like in your part of the world. Oh, it's not that bad, yeah. but it's they're noticeable. Okay. Yeah, this time of year they're noticeable generally, but yeah. I think maybe it's a little bit of an uptick. I don't know. Yeah. But from Nature Magazine, according to a new study, mosquitoes are attracted to some colors and turned off by others. Okay. Yeah. Mosquitoes love red, orange, black, and cyan. That's the huh. between green and then blue yeah. uh, color okay. spectrum. Gotcha. There. Cyan. Gotcha. Uh, CMYK. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mosquitoes in the study did not like blue, green, violet, and white. Blue, green, violet, and white. They don't like that. They don't. Good to know. So, yeah, and especially white. For some reason, Yeah. you know, they got no... Yeah. Well, good to know because if I ever want to repel mosquitoes moving forward, I'll just well, take you, my shirt off. Well, you yeah. are white. Well, yeah, I just need to take my... Well, it's, You know, this is kind of strange. The, uh, I never thought of this. I mean, it's not like black people are black and white people are white. No, that's true. But... Mosquitoes like black, and they don't like white. Yeah. I, I wonder if, you know, yeah. if more black people are bitten by mosquitoes and yeah. less white. Yeah. Probably I, not. I don't know. They say right here that it's unlikely that wearing these colors as a standalone defense. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah, it's not. If you just go out and <laughs> wear all white, that doesn't protect you from mosquitoes. You look like you belong to the Wimbledon Tennis Association. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to really help that yeah. all that much, maybe? Okay, all right. Yeah, all they're right. not going to go and sell mosquito-proof <laughs> clothing at uh, Sears. Sears. Is Sears still around? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Wow, is that a good question? You know, David given... Bowie used to buy a lot of his uh, clothes at Sears. Are you, you were joking. No, no. He really? thought it was great. Okay. He'd go and just pull stuff off the rack yeah. and just... Mix and know, match. Yeah, right. mix and match. Have a lot of fun. Right. If you think about some of the... He had a body. That's the thing with David yeah, Bowie. Yeah, very thin. Very, very wearable. Things, his clothes, clothes would hang. Yeah. He could get something funky looking. It would look great on yeah. him. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, so if David Bowie, he's a thin white duke right there. <laughs> he wouldn't be bit by mosquitoes. Probably not. Yeah, yeah there you right. go. What about ants? Shut up, Mahler. Oh, yeah, ants. You I... get bitten by ants? Not in a while. It was a kid. No I was supposed, well. I mean, we I used to roll around in the dirt when I was a, a youngster. That's what you did. Well, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. We didn't. Have, Parents said, "Hey, we didn't have a lot of toys. Go, <laughs> go roll around in the there's dirt. There's some dirt out in front. Why don't you just go roll around in it for I a while?" I tell you, who likes to roll around in the yeah, dirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Father, so he understands. I remember ant bites back back when I was a kid, but not so much now. No. Yeah. No. How about you? You hate ants? I don't. I'm ambivalent. I don't have any vitriol towards ants they're doing their job they they serve a function yeah however when you wake <laughs> however when you wake up in the morning and you see your your kitchen cabinets and your and the uh, countertops literally look like they've turned a different color because there are so many ants that's distressing yeah it is it's usually little black ants yeah, yeah. exactly very distressing i used to like have before pre-ant farm as far as i know okay because i used to just get big jars Okay. And fill them full of dirt. Really? And put ants in, and then yeah. you could see, you couldn't, it wasn't as good as an ant farm because it wasn't thin and long. Maybe we should explain for our listeners. You know, that's what that, uh, I forget the name of that uh, new proposed village in Saudi Arabia, the big, long, thin one. Yes. Yeah. It's like an ant farm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because it's enclosed in glass, and, yeah. and it goes for miles and miles. Never thought that. They should just rename that thing, city <laughs> ant farm. Then maybe I'd like it. Maybe. But yeah, the jars were round, and so you could kind of see every once in a while yeah. the, the, tunnels the tunnels that they yeah, would de- yeah. dig. And so I had that going on. They're black, uh, red ants. In red there. ants. That's what I remember. Red yeah. ants, and they would sting. Yes, they did like to sting. Those but, are the ones. Yeah, Those but one, and I kept it out in my garage, parents' garage, and I went out there one morning, and the black ants had like just destroyed the red ants. They'd somehow gotten into the jar. Yeah, found yeah. a way in. Huh? Yeah. Did you ever see the queen every every once oh, yeah. in a while? The queen pop up. Yeah, and... I wanted to get that queen. That yeah. was the deal. Yeah, but you know, by tunneling, ants aerate the soil yes. and drag seeds underground to sprout. Mm-hmm. They serve as a source of food for all sorts of critters. Yeah, I think even Mahler has seen him eat little black ants. Sometimes he goes out there and licks mm-hmm. the, the <laughs> patio here at KCI. <laughs> uh, they're a tasty snack. Mm-hmm. And while carpenter ants are pesky to homeowners, forest would be stacked with dead wood without the decomposing power of wood-destroying ants. Mm-hmm. So here, here's an ant story from the Washington Post. Scientists have calculated how many ants are on Earth. How many ants? The number is so big, they call it unimaginable. Okay. Which I don't know. I mean, well, the fact that kind of we... stretches the meaning of imaginable, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I can imagine a lot of things. Well, if you see the number, uh-huh. you can now start to imagine it, right? In yeah. some form, you can understand. It's 20 quadrillion ants. 20 quadrillion. <laughs> yeah. That's 20,000 trillion. Wow. In case you're wondering. Wow. The ant paper released by the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences concluded that the total mass of ants on Earth weighs about 12 megatons of dry carbon a standard way of measuring animals' biomass by the carbon. 12 megatons. Put another way, if all the ants were plucked from the ground and put on a scale, they would outweigh all the wild birds and mammals put together. My goodness. Yeah. For every person, there are about 
2.5 million ants. So if you just, every person just had equal amount of ants. There's about seven something billion people on the planet. Yeah. So we all have 2.5 million ants. Wow. I would imagine 2.5 million ants would just cover your body, I think. A little more. I think it would probably be all different sizes because there's different size ants. Meanwhile, entomologists are seeing troubling declines in insect populations beyond ants. They call it the bug apocalypse or bug apocalypse. Bug apocalypse. According to a 2019 study, over 40% of insect species may go extinct with butterflies and beetles facing the greatest threat. Scientists aren't sure whether ants' numbers are falling as well, though. They don't know if the ants are part of this bugpocalypse. That's the research question the team of ant counters wants to answer next. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're the guy with a little clicker watching them come out yeah. of the hole. Yeah, a little One, clicker two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Damn it! One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. I don't think that's the way they count them, Mike. But I might, I might be wrong on that one. <laughs> well, if you're an intern. An I think that's, they make yeah. the interns count yeah. them by yeah. one, two, three, four, and five, then they're six, back there <laughs> laughing. It's like you know a Gary Larson cartoon. I can imagine that you know one scientist in the, or several scientists in the corner laughing at a little intern who's on his knees in front of a ant mound of ants with a counter. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. <sighs> Are you going to tell him? That's that would be the caption. <laughs> If this news makes you itch, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to scratch it? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. And nothing else will keep us on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Very nice, Mahler. Little touch there. There's a little nice yeah. flare at the end of that. Yeah. From New Scientist. Scientists have created a magnetic liquid robot that can split into droplets of magnetic fluid if it encounters obstacles or narrow passages and then rebuild itself later. So you got this little robot yeah. going along wherever it's going along. And just, if it's going into too small of a space, can't yeah. fit, yeah. it just breaks apart, goes through, and rebuilds itself on the other side. I know this reference is going to upset you, but uh-huh. I'm going to say it anyway. Terminator 2, uh-huh. the robot that was chasing Arnold Schwarzenegger around, yeah. did exactly that. Terminator 2. Yeah. I stopped watching those films at Terminator 2, just so you know. I didn't watch anything more than that, but uh, yeah, that's what the robot that was chasing him around. Why did you stop watching? Because they're real. I realized how terrible they really were. How do you mean terrible? There's just... They're just sort of fascistic, weird, political... Fascist? Yeah. There's something fascistic about them. There's something that bothered me, troubled me about all of it, the whole Maybe thing. Maybe you're the problem. Well, it could be. Yeah. But I've stopped watching them, so... Well, these scientists used ferrofluid droplets, namely magnetic iron oxide nanoparticles, suspended in oil to create a liquid robot about this, a centimeter in size. Wow. Size. That's that small. A set of controllable magnets can direct the robot to move or change shape by influencing the nanoparticles. To make a robot move through the narrow channel, the researchers used magnets to squeeze it into a thin, elongated shape and magnetic fields 
to force it to split into a group of smaller micrometer-sized droplets. Another adjustment of the magnetic field directed the parts to merge into one. Yep. This capability could make it possible for a patient to ingest the drug-carrying robot, uh, which could then split up inside, possibly in the gastrointestinal tract, so that each tiny robotic drop can deliver the medicine to the right place in the body. Someone is even suggesting it could go into your brain and maybe remove a tumor. But another scientist said, eh. Poppycock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but still, it's, yeah. it's interesting. You never know where these technologies are going to go. And sometimes they're, uh, you fits and starts. They get some to a certain point and then they adapt. Yeah. So hopefully that'll happen. Yeah. Let's see what else we've got here. We got ants. We got ants. 20 quadrillion we got liquid robots, uh-huh. and then we got uh, colors of mosquitoes. Yeah, uh, and we've got five tool canines helping us that's out right. here. Yeah, boy, Mahler. Whoa, whoa, Mahler! Quite a bark there, Mahler. He's, he's kind of short circuited there. From the Guardian, small in size, sensitive of constitution, and with only one hundred and thirty breeding pairs surviving locally in the wild, the lesser spotted eagle. The of what? German lesser. Lesser spotted. Yeah, it's not so much spotted. <laughs> the lesser spotted eagle of Germany's Oder Delta is fond of riding thermals over many of the flatlands earmarked for a mass expansion of onshore wind farms. Oh. Got an eagle. Yeah, put him out there. There's not a lot does. of them. Yeah, okay. And he uh, uses the flatlands yeah. to fly around in. But now we have these onshore wind farms out there. So you put an eagle out there. You don't put him. He's there. He's there. You put a wind farm out there where the eagles have been living for the, a long the time. The eagle with an inferiority complex. You put him out no, he's there. Not. Yeah. We named him. He oh. probably feels fine about himself. Yeah. Okay. All right. The German government is under pressure to compensate for a pending loss of nuclear power, coal plants, and Russian gas. That's why they're building all these wind farms. Right. Because lesser spotted eagles in mid-flight are unused to vertical obstacles and keep their eyes focused on mice, lizard, and frog meals below, they are known to sometimes collide with the rotor blades of wind turbines. In other words, they're dead. They're dead. A bunch of them have died there. To help with the eagles with the wind turbine problem, software engineers in Colorado. Now we're moving over here. Okay. We're in Germany, but here in the States... These software engineers are feeding hundreds of thousands of images of the airborne eagle into an algorithm. Nice. Using these algorithms linked to a camera system perched atop the 10 meter of power, the trained up neural networks of the U.S. company Identiflight are expected to detect eagles approaching from a distance of up to 750 meters and electronically alert the turbine. Okay. The turbine engine will then take 20 to 40 seconds to wind down into trundle mode. That's what they so call it. super slow motion. Yeah, super slow. That's what we usually are here at Weekly Sables. <laughs> In fact, I think it's a good name for the show if we want to. Trundle, trundle mode. Trundle mode. Yeah. Uh, the turbine will then take 20 to 40 seconds to wind down into trundle mode of no more than two rotations each minute. That's <laughs> 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 Those were like that was pretty sped up for the yeah that's that's yeah, well yeah, I was yeah. using that Trump you know they go <laughs> I was trying to slow it down I got you. For, so Trump could understand in case he's listening yeah, yeah. Donald kill yourself okay 
Don't say you're that listening to, to the sound of my voice. <sighs> Think about it, will you? Yeah. Anyway, it goes down to a very slow mode, ideally giving the eagle plenty of time to navigate safe passage between its slowly moving blades. The technological solution is also meant to solve a political conundrum for Germany's Green Party by keeping the peace between its supporters who define ecological progress and politics predominantly as safeguarding biodiversity and the others who prioritize mitigating the climate crisis. Through technology. Yeah, yeah. So you got the animal people and then you got the wind people. I think the two will come to a a place where they can... Well, it sounds like this will help right here. Yeah, cohabitate the same I think they both have respect for each other, but there's a priority here. Where would you stand in that priority, Mike? The animals or us is really what it's about. Do we want to keep our current lifestyles up? Well, that's the question with... If we lose we think a lot of people if we can't just stop it. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea that technology will overcome all of these issues related to climate change is, I think, a fallacy. We, we tend not to create solutions when we're expanding technologies to make more money at it. So I would, if it was a choice, it'd be a 51-49 in favor of the people who want to restore the ecology through natural means over technology. It'd be a close call for me. But I'd, I think I'd have to err on the side of people. No, you, you, what's your vote? I would, I would err on the side of the indigenous people's solutions to climate damage. In other words, you go for the wind, uh, wind uh, turbine. You'd go for, be with the wind turbine people rather than the eagles. I'd be with the eagles. You'd be with the eagles, so you'd say no more wind turbines here. I wouldn't say no more. This is not an either or. If, I mean, no, it kind of is. That's why I'm, I'm posing this to you. Yeah. I would stay. I would say. Do you uh, safeguard biodiversity yes. or do you mitigate the climate crisis? Um, safeguard biodiversity. Right. I think if we all are in How that. How about, do you like vultures? So you like vultures no, then. No, I, well, I, I What think, if there were vultures flying think, into the wind turbines? I think we're all better off by repairing the planet. That should be our priority, repairing the damage that's being done to the planet. The planet's going to be fine. Yeah, well, that... We, you know, like 97% of all species on the planet ha- are extinct. Everything that, from the beginning to the end. So a majority of, of species aren't around anyway. What's a few more? What if a, a vulture, like I said, it flies into the wind turbine? Are you going to get upset? If he just if, took if a the crap vulture, on your the, patio, your dad's the, been screaming yeah, at yeah. it. Yeah, well, if the vultures fly into the wind turbines at a rate at which they become extinct because of it, yeah, I would have a problem with yeah. that. Well, they're hard for people to love. Well, vultures, vultures are, are a little yeah, hard, yeah. To, but they have they're what they call an obligate scavenger, yeah. meaning they all get their food from already dead prey, and that association has cast them as a harbinger of death since ancient times. Mm -hmm. This from Scientific American. In reality, vultures are nature's flying sanitation crew. Huh? Okay. New research adds to that positive picture by detailing these animals' birds' role in a uh, surprising process, mitigating greenhouse gas emissions. Mm Mm-hmm. Decaying animal bodies release greenhouse gases, including carbon dioxide and methane. According to a new study, most of these emissions can be prevented if vultures get to the remains first. The study calculates that left uneaten, each kilogram of naturally decomposing carcass emits about 0.86 kilograms of CO2 equivalent. 
Many carcasses are composted or buried by humans, which result in more emissions than natural decay. So vulture consumption can avert even more emissions if humans intervene. Okay. The avoided emissions may not sound like much, but multiply those estimates by the estimated 134 million to 140 million vultures around the world, and the number becomes more impressive. That is. Tens of millions of metric tons of emissions avoided per year. Collectively, vultures in the Americas keep about 12 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent out of the atmosphere annually. Using estimates from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, that is akin to taking 2.6 million cars off the road each year. Wow. The situation outside of the Americas stands in stark contrast. The decline in vulture populations in many regions of the world, such as Africa and Asia, has produced a loss of ecosystem services vultures produce. So there. So I'm proposing right now, uh, you know, California just passed that composting bill. Mm -hmm. You can have your body composted. I already planned on that. You did? They call, yeah. Well, you're going to, so that's what you're going to do with it? Yeah, green funerals. They wrap you in the... Kind of a no. They just put you out in a yeah. They they just put you material and they chuck you out into a forest or something. There are no no. They decompose you. This one I'm talking about. The bill is human composting. Okay, this is composting, not put you in a bag and bury you. This is turn you into mulch. Okay, well sure. What do I care? You want to get turned into mulch? Yeah, I don't. uh, Yeah. Well, I have a better proposal. How about eaten by vultures? They just put your body out. Vultures take care of you. Put you could put little. Like, like on a cow, they would they would draw on the on the cow. If there was a picture of a cow, they would draw like prime rib. Uh-huh. You know, they could do that for me. You know, just a little stamp on the side of your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. What about you, mother? You want to be uh, eaten by a, a vulture? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He said he'd rather you'd rather eat the vulture yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's... He has a different perspective there. From the San Francisco Chronicle, four whales have died near San Francisco this year after ships crashed into them. The true death toll is likely to be much higher as whale carcasses often sink to the floor. This week, WhaleSafe, an AI-powered detection system, began operating around San Francisco Bay. Its goal is to warn large ships in the area's waters when whales are nearby. Mm. Researchers estimate that more than 80 endangered blue humpback and fin whales are killed by ships each year along the west coast here in California. With increasing global marine traffic, the problems created by thousands of massive ships crisscrossing waters while with whale are expected to only worsen. In other words, you got ships, you got your whale. This is only going to get worse because we're getting yeah. more Ships and the whales are not knowing well, where to go. That's it. That's it. They don't have really anywhere yeah. to go. Wow. WhaleSafe has been operating in the Santa Barbara Channel since 2020, and it provides near real-time data on the presence of whales and sends out alerts to mariners, shipping companies, and anyone else who signs up. So they, I assume, part of this would be that they calculate the trajectory of the whales exactly. in relation to. They say there's a whale over here, right. your boat's going this way, you might want to slow down a bit. Okay. They don't say that, but they're, yeah. you chart where the whales are. Mm-hmm. I don't think a ship wants to hit a whale. No, I don't think so. I hope not. Yeah. 
So the hope is that if ship captains get an alert saying there are lots of whales in the area, they will shift course or slow their approach to port. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. I've never heard anybody say 88 before. I don't think I have. No. I might, this might be a first. I think you are breaking some new ground here. After more than, what, 100 years on yeah, air? Yeah. Think about how many thousands of hours yeah. of KUCI yeah. has been on the air. And no one said 88.9. Wow. I would, on our yeah. Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. From our good friend Michael Hiltzik at mm. Los Angeles Times. In a class action lawsuit filed this week in federal court in Massachusetts, the immigrant aid group Alianza Americas exposed much about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' flights of nearly 50 migrants to the island of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I think everybody knows this, yeah. right? Yeah. I think. I don't think I'd tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. Seems like a pretty nasty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Naming DeSantis Florida Transportation Secretary Jared Perdue and the state of Florida as defendants, the lawsuit states that they manipulated the migrants, stripped them of their dignity, deprived them of their liberty, bodily autonomy, due process, and equal protection under law. The three named plaintiffs in the lawsuit, who are identified by pseudonyms, all crossed the U.S. border to seek asylum from crime, civil unrest, terrorism, and other such conditions in their home country, Venezuela. They surrendered to U.S. immigration officials, who allowed them to remain in the U.S. while their asylum applications were being adjudicated. Process that can take more than a year. In the interim, they're legal residents of the U.S. Coverage of DeSantis's fraud raises doubts about whether our political news media will be prepared to see past the stupidity of this kind of political campaigning in the coming elections and focus on what's important. This from Michael Hilsick at the L.A. Times. I agree. At MSNBC, the episode was covered as a big joke in which the White House, Delaware officials, the news media, and other political onlookers were punked. Right. That's the idea. It's they were punked. Yeah. That... So this whole episode going on, we were just being punked. Yeah. Those, those poor people who were, had all their hopes. Yeah. They were manipulated. By and, yeah, the Sanders. Yeah, that's right. They were just punk. Well, there's a kind of a, a subculture in, in media about this these kind of stunts. I mean, go, America's home video, yeah. ridiculous. This isn't a stunt, though. This the, no, no, but, the, but there's this whole thing about candid camera back when I was a kid, right? Where you would just you would do something that would make fools. But they were silly. They were silly stuff. Exactly. They wouldn't say they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't use take human immigrants beings. into no, no, no. Martha's Vineyard but and then say, same... "Smile, you're uncandid." But this is that same vein of of the yeah, gotcha, owning the libs, yeah. all that BS that they think they yeah. have fun with. MSNBC framed this as a waiting for Godot-like spectacle, highlighting the intractable politics around immigration as well as DeSantis's knack for getting headlines. Well, it's also probably illegal. There's some investigation going on into this. Yeah. Massachusetts, by the way, is one of the few states in the country that has laws against exactly this kind of thing. These people were had refugee status. They weren't they didn't just come across the border willy nilly. They were here 
with a specific status. You know, you know, DeSantos, if he wants headlines, yeah. why isn't he just next time he's, you know, giving a speech at the podium, yeah. take his penis out and lay it on the podium? <laughs> why doesn't he do that? I don't get headlines. That will get headlines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it kind of feels like, though, with <laughs> yeah. these people. In fact, I'd much rather have him do that yeah. than than involve these poor people in it because they're they're escaping a horrible situation in Venezuela. They're yeah. trying to restart their life yeah. here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. They're grasping at straws. They want anything to to uplift themselves. Somebody comes up to them with a brochure that says they can get a new start on their life. Right. And they're hoping it's true, and they go along with it. Well, and now they're just pawns in a political game. And as as is the want of every Republican politician who aspires to be Trump, which is what DeSantis is aspiring to be, is that there's this contract that they signed with this helicopter company that got them up there, this company that transported them. Yeah. And supposedly a million dollars for two flights uh, up, you know, they took two different flights. One, there was nobody on the flight, and the other one had these Venezuelans on it. So this is going to unfold in a way that Ron DeSantis uh, may not have anticipated. He is Trump without the charm. USA's Today framing was almost as myopic. The Gannett newspaper described the Delaware episode as part of an ongoing spat between Biden and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis that has captured headlines and put a spotlight on Biden's border policies. Has it really? Yeah, you'd think Biden and DeSantis had been uh, fighting about yeah. immigration, but that's just not true. DeSantis, like his fellow GOP governors, have no policy proposals to offer on immigration. Right. All they're doing is saying, we have immigrants, look out, be afraid. And the DeSantis people want it to be seen as Biden versus DeSantis, yeah. that they're already running against one another in the next election cycle. Yeah. Let's work out a problem. Let's it, spend some time let's over create, the next three years yeah. trying to work this out. Yeah. If, if politics were just about doing what DeSantis is doing, there would be no problem solved. There would just be people bickering at each other. It's the gong show of politics. Yeah. DeSantis has admitted that Florida doesn't have an immigration policy. He said as much. Yeah. Contrary to mainstream media's framing, none of this is really about, as USA Today put it, the intractable politics around immigration. It's really just performative stupidity masquerading as a serious policy debate with vulnerable people being victimized. The news media can't tell the difference. We're in trouble. And that's uh, Michael Amen Hilsick. to Michael. Yeah. 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 From Popular Science. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission announced the first of several expected new rules meant to mitigate space junk. Yep. Good. While only a small improvement for now, many experts are hopeful this could be the start of finally sorting out the mess that's been made in space. The new proposal requires orbiters to remove satellites from orbit within five years of the end of their purpose in orbit. I think that's, I think they should be out when they're done with their purpose in yeah, orbit. But yeah. it used to be 25, wow. 25 years. Somebody wrote that that guideline with didn't give a damn about Yeah, Walt what, Disney did. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, a Mickey yeah. Mouse contract. Right, right. And after 25 years, they'll renegotiate. Well, you know, 25 years isn't long enough. <laughs> yeah. This is not some remote science fiction scenario. One major disruptive collision and many frightening near misses have already occurred. Back in 2009, a smash-up between an Iridium communications satellite, that's a company, Iridium, and the long-dead Russian Cosmos 2251 satellite created nearly 2,000 pieces of space junk, 
most of which still orbits our planet today. Reducing the time dead satellites stay in orbit should lower the chance of future collisions. Duh. But that's the purpose. There's a company, if you want a company of the future, space junk pickup, yeah. right? Space waste management. It's a little inside garbage joke for, yeah. for folks out there. From SciTech Daily. While some scientists think asteroid and comet strikes are the cause of mass extinction events on Earth, nope. new research from Dartmouth points to volcanic eruptions as the key driver. According to the researchers, four of the five mass extinctions are contemporaneous with a type of volcanic outpouring called a flood basalt. B-A-S-A-L-T. Basalt. basalt. These eruptions flood vast areas, even an entire continent, with lava in a mere million years, which is in a blink of an eye, geologically speaking. Mm -hmm. Flood basalts leave behind massive fingerprints as evidence, extensive regions of step-like ignatius rock that geologists call large ignatius provinces. To count as large, an ignatius province must contain at least 100,000 cubic kilometers of magma. One cubic kilometer, that's one. One is equal to 264 billion gallons. Wow. Or about 400,000 Olympic swimming pools, to wow. give you an idea. Wow. 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 And we're talking 100,000 of that. Wow. That's a lot of magma. For context, the 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens involves less than one cubic kilometer of magma. So it's 100,000 Mount St. Helens wow. to be a large Ignatius uh, province. According to the researchers, most of the volcanoes represented in the study erupted on the order of a million times more lava than that. Wow. That would be more than St. Helens. So a million St. Helens. <sighs> so not so much comets. Volcanoes were responsible for the extinction of dinosaurs. From Science Alert. Since July, NASA's Perseverance rover has drilled and collected four slim cores of sedimentary rock formed in what was once a lake on Mars. They're the first type of rock to be gathered on another world, and we're excited. Yeah. Because at least two of the cores probably contain organic compounds. Yeah. On Earth, organic compounds, which are carbon-containing molecules, are often associated with living things. Mm -hmm although they can be formed without the involvement of organisms. Adding to the buzz over the rock samples, Perseverance collected them from an ancient delta in Mars' Desero crater, where a river once deposited layers of sediment and possibly other matter. Yeah. River deltas on Earth often teem with living organisms. If life ever existed in Desero, these cores are probably NASA's best chance of finding it. Is there a life on Mars? We might know real soon. Or was there a life on Mars? Yeah, that does that mean we should go and colonize it? And no, no, it's just kind of an yeah, interesting it's, yeah. uh, way to look at our history here in the solar system. Yeah. From Aviation Prose, Aviation Prose. This isn't like aviation writing, gotcha. poetry and prose. Gotcha. These guys are professionals, aviation professionals. And they got a magazine. Gotcha. German customs officials say a trail of slime led them to a stash of almost 100 giant African land snails and other items hidden inside bags at Dusseldorf Airport. 
Authorities said officials stumbled over one of the giant African land snails on a baggage truck and initially thought it was a toy until it started moving. And then they saw the slime trail, and by following it, uh-huh. they found a bag with a hole with another snail already peeking out of it. In total, officials found six bags containing 93 giant snails, wow. 62 pounds of fish and smoked meat, and a suitcase full of rotting meat. All had been imported from Nigeria and were destined for an African goods store in western Germany. The live giant snail did not belong to any protected species and were probably brought to Germany as a delicacy, but the snails can cause problems, according to Florida's Agricultural Department. Now we're in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an 8-inch snail. In Florida, the giant African snail invaded it, uh, invaded the state earlier this year, and it's one of the most damaging mollusk subtypes in the world. It consumes at least 500 different types of plants. The snails also pose a serious health threat to humans by carrying the parasite rat lungworm. Rat lungworm. Yeah, that doesn't sound good right there. That sounds awful. Yeah, that might be the two most frightening words I've heard that, well, at least today. Today. Yeah. Wow. Rat lungworm. (laughs) You know, I could think that's a good thing to call a politician. (laughs) If that you don't like. Yeah. There are a lot of good politicians out there. Yeah, I like some of them. You, I can think of at least you stinking a rat. dozen. Yeah. Yeah. You stinking rat lungworm. Yeah. The rat lungworm is known to cause meningitis in humans. Even better. Wow. To help with the situation, Florida officials have been using specially trained dogs <laughs> to sniff out the invasive giant African snails. And I'm sure our boy uh, Mahler, he could sniff out a, yeah, a bag full of snails, no problem. From the nation, minor league baseball players, some of the most precariously positioned workers in the country, voted to join Major League Baseball Players Association. Yeah, this is for the first time in its 120-year history of minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. The players are now part of a union. Their average salaries, we think, ah, you know, they get paid well, they're baseball players, but $10,000 a year for the full season. That's amazingly low. Yeah, and they are left with nothing if they're thrown on a scrap heap for teenage prospects. Yeah. So we were talking about Maury Wills before we went uh, to this part of the show. Yeah. He was a, a minor league prospect for eight years or yeah. seven years. Yeah. And he could have easily just been given up, be gone, right. and had nothing to show for it. Does this pay scale have a sliding scale? I assume it does. I don't yeah. know the details. The All I know is they're, now, they're yeah. probably going to work out that yeah. now that they're in the union. Yeah. These conditions in the minor leagues worsen as Major League Baseball secured record-breaking television contracts and profits. Yeah. That's not good. Congratulations, though, to minor league baseball. <coughs> ah. yeah, congrats. It's long overdue. Long overdue. You can make more money working at Ace Hardware than you can playing in minor league baseball. Yeah. Yep. Of course, the payoff is much bigger if you make it, yeah. but most of those players do not. And how many of the players drop out simply out of some kind of an economic situation that is unsustainable for yeah. them? That's why Bull Durham is my favorite uh, baseball movie. I agree. It's just it's a, a it's a funny movie. It's got a great cast and is realistic. Yeah, I believe. Yep. So uh, let's see here. You, you got Putin. He's, he's got nuclear weapons that he uh, is kind of itching to use, or at least threatening to use. Yeah. And we got uh, Trump, yeah. who uh, sounds like he's closer to jail than he might ever 
Have been. Yeah. Agent Orange is real close to yeah. being indicted. Yeah. A couple of days ago when they announced uh, the uh, New York. Oh, Letitia. Letitia Jones. Letitia yeah. Jones's uh, civil case against Trump that was referred to the Department of Justice and the IRS with all kinds of reasons to think that he will be indicted in a criminal investigation. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, the thing is that is so shocking about it, and it's in the story of, of how much money they has got away with. It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars of overstating the value of their property for purposes of seeking a loan and understating them for the purposes of paying taxes. Yeah. The difference is so striking and unbelievable what even more? What's even more unbelievable is that they got away with it for decades. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that in the world of financing and real estate and development and all, there are all kinds of gray lines in that business. But this is way beyond the pale, and it is a it's a good day for America if he is indicted, and it's a better day for America if he ends up in an orange jumpsuit in Guantanamo. And Letitia Jones, she described Trump better than anything in all the years I've known Trump. Not known him personally, but known of him yeah. since the 1980s. And those words, staggering fraud. Yeah. To me, that's what Trump is. <laughs> He's a staggering fraud. And why people never realize this astonished me. Well, I think they still haven't. The people who, yeah. who think he is God sent are never going to believe any of these things. But yes, hopefully there's a number of people, enough people. Yeah. Who know it to be true. And I propose right now, instead of all this orange this and orange that. Okay. Staggering fraud. Staggering fraud. The staggering yeah. fraud said today. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. I mean, yeah. what's he said? Uh, he said that they were probably, the FBI was probably at Mar-a-Lago looking, looking for Hillary Clinton's emails. Oh, yeah, that's right. yeah. This guy is a staggering fraud. <laughs> The I whole mean, reason a, they were at Mar-a-Lago yeah. was they were probably looking yeah. for... After she's been completely cleared of any charges. <laughs> and after that. nobody's looking for it. I, and he knows he's he's just full of crap when he's saying this. Yeah, I think he knows but he's, he's saying, But he's, he's playing his crowd. He's playing the doofuses out there who buy this. He's a staggering fraud. You know, I think when I heard that, I thought, he's really, really desperate. Yeah. I mean, using even anything for him, he can pull out anything, right now. Yeah, anything that will hopefully resonate with the with what is his that? Cult. Six years ago is what it is. It's yeah. six years ago on something. It's that's been, been investigated. It's yeah. Hail Trump was in office for four years investigating it. Yeah. I mean, come come on. <laughs> and finally, from the Indian Herald, after visiting her doctor because of a pain in her gut. Ranjita Kundu of Kodameta, India, discovered that she only had one kidney. Curiously, she had kidney stone surgery four years before, and she had both kidneys in. Now Kunda believes her husband secretly arranged for one of her kidneys to be removed oh while she was under God. and sold it on the black market. Oh. Kundu, uh, the wife who had her kidney removed, even knows who her husband sold it to, a fellow by the name of Asim Haldar who lives in her neighborhood. Kundu and her husband were married for 12 years before he took off with another woman eight months ago. According to Kundu, her husband had her kidney removed and sold it to make up for the dowry money he believed he was owed. Oh my God. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. 
weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.